Hello everybody and welcome to Brunvagun, you will not get there on a road bike, special edition, the shorts. Basically, <laughs> that's an amazing project, I can really tell you, sorry, I'm laughing because it's really great. First of all, Komut is still here supporting also this crazy idea that we got, I say we, because... Uh, last week I was in UK, basically in England, and I spent a full week together with Josh, Josh Ibet. We're talking here and there, we spent a lot of time in the car because we followed the race, the further east. Then at a certain point we said, man, next week you're gonna be in Morocco for the Atlas Mountain Race. I cannot be there, why don't you do something? So we sat together, we came out with a concept, basically we're gonna call it the shorts or the adventure of Josh at the Atlas Mountain Race and we're gonna talk about exactly that, the adventure of Josh Ibet during the Atlas Mountain Race. Super easy, it's gonna send me a lot of voice memo, it's gonna be actually my voice there in Morocco talking about his adventure and we're gonna roll out a lot of episodes there. So there's gonna be the one of today about the preparation for the Atlas Mountain Race, then it's gonna be the first one with I mean, the second one, the second one with Josh arriving in Marrakesh and rolling around, meeting people, basically making some interviews. That's what he's going to do. And then also going into registration day and then daily podcast about his race. He's going to send me, hopefully, two voice memos every day. And then every day I'm going to pack them together and going to go live with them. Maybe with a comment, maybe with not a comment. Let's see. I mean, this adventure is amazing, really. I need to put still stuff together and just recording without knowing the title and stuff. But I think it's going to be Josh at the Atlas Mountain Race, the shorts. So it's going to be one week, hopefully less, let's say five days, with episodes with the voice of Josh and a surprise. I actually struggled a bit and I thought, how should I put things together there? I don't know, what should I do? And then I thought, you know what, chronologically. So just chronological order on the voice memos on Josh. Something is gonna be edited and as I was saying, a surprise. Are you ready for that? Go for it, the shorts. So it's almost a week to go till the Atlas Mountain race. Uh, this time next week, I shall be in Marrakesh. It's Friday and I'm, I'm trying to figure out the kit I'm gonna take uh, for the race. So I think I think I've, 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 I'm there. Um, I pretty much use I have a standard kind of base setup for various races, and then I add or subtract layers, um, you know, depending on the conditions. So as as the race is in Morocco, it's it's primarily kind of deserty mountains. Um, so I, I'm I'm guessing that it's going to be pretty hot during the day. Uh, forecast is showing around 30 degrees. Uh, but the unknown is how cold it's going to get at night. Um, I know in the first edition, which was held in February, not October, it got really cold. So I, I'm just going to sort of probably err on the side of caution uh, and take some warmer kit. But I'll start with the base kits. So um, you're going to hear a lot of Albion. Albion, these are really amazing people. I met them. They're really nice. In this, uh, in this kit list because I am supported by Albion. Uh, so they make clothing. Cycle clothing, um, but it kind of airs on the edge of outdoors, uh, outdoor gear. So there's some really good kind of wet, um, wet and cold weather gear, which hopefully I won't need in, in Morocco, but you never know. So I'm starting with the shorts, which are Albion's AR1 uh, cargo shorts. Um, and I'm pairing that, that up with uh, the Albion jersey and just a mesh base layer. 
Um, I've decided to go quite quite bold on the colours. So finally, I cannot do it anymore. Black jerseys, black bibs, black whatever. Go bold. Great choice, Josh. They've got some bright green shorts, so I thought, well, I might as well use it. Um, the jersey I'm going for the fluorescenty kind of yellowy green colour. Um, I'm definitely going to stand out. Um, and the socks are green, and the detail, the Albion logo is the fluorescent green that matches the jersey, so I'm going to look very colour-coordinated. I mean, green is not exactly my cup of tea, but better than black. And the Albion's logo? Wow. It looks nice. Pretty slick. Um, so that's that's kind of the base. Um, the base layer is a vest. Um, put it in my hand here. Just pretty standard base layer material. I actually go for a size large, because um, when, I, when, I get, when it gets super hot, I sometimes just ride in the base layer with my arms out to get a bit cooler and you look a little bit weird if you're in a really skin tight vest well you look a little bit weird in a vest riding a bike anyway but um unless you're not called mario cipollini please let's not talk about mario cipollini not now uh practicalities win on this one uh, and then um i'll be wearing those items pretty much the whole race and and then i'll layer up from there so the next layer you can probably hear that is Albion's ultra lightweight gilet. Uh, it's not, it's um, it's really thin, but it's more kind of to keep the wind off your chest. So that'll be the first layer I put on, along with arm warmers. So they're Albion arm warmers. And then I've gone for Albion's leg warmers, um, which are relatively thick. They're kind of like a Roubaix fabric. That's the one with the kind of like really fine fleece on the back. Um, because as I said, I, I'm not quite sure how cold it would be. Normally I take take knee warmers but on this instant um i'm just going to take um as i have no other leg sort of wear i'm going to take these so they go sort of all work my legs and they're they're quite warm um, and i can wear those during the night uh, and when i sleep and things like that leg warmers when you sleep jeez ultra racing it's so miserable um the next sort of layer of of warmth if you like is a really cool piece of kit by albion um and it's, it's called a ZOA, it's like a, a scarf. So basically a normal scarf, but it's like a down jacket material and feel. So it's actually got down in it. And I find this really flexible and better than, than using, a, you know, like a snood or a buff or whatever um, you'd normally use because you can put it on and off while you're riding. You don't have to put it over your head. And also you can, because it's got a bit of length to it, you can put it down your shirt, uh, your jersey a bit, and it, it gives you some insulation on the front uh, on your chest. So. That's really good. You can really sort of keep it really warm on that. Um, and, you know, warmth to weight is quite important. So hopefully that will give me a bit of protection, you know, if it is really cold at night. And if it's not, then um, it won't take too much, uh, too much space up. Um, and then the kind of, I guess, the really the warm layer. Um, it's quite a special bit of kit, actually. So it's, it's based on Albion's ultralight insulated jacket, which is a really fine insulated riding jacket. However, the uh, the guys at Albion um, have come up with, with some kind of modifications which I requested to uh, to make it slightly warmer, but still retain the packability. So normally it, it doesn't have much insulation on the back. It's, it's, it's the kind of jacket you put in a, in a pocket, it scrunches down to about 100 grams. So you could put it in a jersey pocket and, and chuck it on on a fast descent or something like that. Um, but I've got a bit more extra insulation on the back because I found when I stopped with the standard one, I got colder quicker. 
Um, so that little bit of extra insulation should keep you warmer. But I've also got a really clever scarf on the back. Uh, a scarf, sorry. I've also got a really clever hood on it. So it's kind of a hood and a scarf all in one. Um, so again, really flexible. So it's a really high neck on it. So I can pull that around um, if I'm wearing the jacket on a descent and keep my neck warm. I, I find I've got quite a long neck and there's lots of main sort of arteries and and blood vessels in there so um, keeping that warm is really important so i can pull it around my neck while i'm riding along or if it's super cold or maybe if i've stopped or i'm sleeping i can pull the, the hood up and it goes under my helmet uh, and that keeps me warm and just give me one second to highlight how cool albion is apart from the amazing piece of kit like the scarf that josh was talking about they are working with amazing people that can go at their office ask for something that they need and then thanks to their workshop that is completely functional, they're gonna build it, they're gonna give it to them, and then they're gonna test it straight away. The result, you're gonna find it, if it's worth it, directly on their web shop. People, if it's not an amazing thing, I don't know what it is. I used that on the Tour Divide this year, uh, where the weather was horrific and, you know, it's worth its weight in gold. Even if it's not super heavy. Uh, the final layer, I mean, it's, hopefully I won't need it, but, um, you just never know, and it's, it's not worth not taking a rain jacket. Um, so I've just taken the, um, the Albion sort of rain jacket, the standard kind of cycling one. Um, packs down really small. Uh, it's useful to keep the wind off, but we are going to high altitude, and it can rain in the, um, you know, in the mountains or snow sometimes. Um, so it's one of those things you've just got to take. You know, you could risk it without, but if you get caught out, you might you might suffer. And then to round it out, I've got, I've got a little headband. I'm a headband kind of guy, um, just to keep a bit of warmth in if it is, is really cold at night. And then I've got the gloves. They're from Grip Grab and they're just mitts, but they've got really big uh, gel pad in them just to keep, you know, keep your hands kind of um, from going numb really and comfortable, uh, which I think will be important, especially given this it's quite a rough course. And then I've got an outer layer as well. It's like a windproof glove. I think it's a windproof race glove from, again, from Grip Wrap. Um, so that should hopefully keep my hands warm enough at night. So that's, that is the basis of my kit. I do have two other items which I may take with me. I've got a second pair of shorts because it's going to be really sweaty at times. So it might be useful to, um, or more comfortable to change. Um, and I've also got a merino t-shirt base layer, um, which I thought I might take with me to sleep in. Um, it seems it's going to be quite hot and sweaty, but I'm going to wait until I've packed my bike and then see, see what extra, extra space I've got. Although I'm going to try and pack quite light because it's quite a stacked field. Gotcha. So you want to use all the time the same bib so that people don't want to stay close to you and you can win. Makes sense. And there's a lot of climbing and I need all the help I can get. So yeah, that's the clothing I'll be taking on the Atlas Mountain Race. And now I need to see if it fits on my bike. So I'm going to put the bags on my bike and, and see if it all fits. Yes, people, you got it. This is Stefano. Just making a couple of comments here and there when things need to have a clarification or on the other side, I just want to be silly. Let's move to the next chapter. What Josh did in terms of training in the last couple of days before the race. Ciao, Stefano. I'll just do a quick update on my cyclocross race um so the weekend before this is uh, the saturday before and next week i will be well 
I'll probably be over 12 hours or about 12 hours into the Atlas Mountain race. And I've just finished the total opposite end of the spectrum, a one hour cyclocross race. Um, so yeah, it's cyclocross season here in the UK. So rather than training this week, I'm just going to do a couple of hard efforts at cross race and then rest up next week. Um, and actually, it was quite good. I didn't get my head kicked in so much. Um, normally, I get a bit of a kick in at the first race of the year, but I was fairly strong and I didn't really fade. Um, luckily, the, the course was quite fast and flowing, so I could just ride at a really sort of steady, steady pace. So I'm hoping that bodes well, fitness-wise at least, for the Atlas Mountain Race next week. Small update there, Josh after this race the day after went to another one. He got a flat and he dropped out from the top 10. Not the best, but he was in a good form. Then heads down again to prepare his bike. Such a spooky noise this one, isn't it? That's the sound of my, uh, my sonic cleaner. So I'm preparing the bike now. Um, just, uh, just giving it a final once over really. So um, yeah, the Sonic Cleaner is just cleaning the chain. Um, it's, it's a fairly new chain. I normally try and fit a new chain um, for an ultra race, um, but that's done uh, maybe 100 miles, just sort of got bedded in. But the, the Sonic Cleaner just um, makes sure there's no dirt in there because a clean chain is a fast chain. Um, and yeah, obviously we want to go fast. It's a bike race. Damn it, now I know why I'm always so slow. Thanks, buddy. So now I've got my bike in the work stand, got the wheels out. I'm just going to fit fresh brake pads. Um, the rears are nearly worn out. I guess that's half a tour divide on those. Um, fronts probably need replacing as well. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that actually um, I won't sort of get through them that quick in the desert, but you never know. Sand is quite abrasive. Um, it's, it's quite rocky and sandy there. And then I've got to fit the chain back on, um, just check everything over once more, although it's had a really good check by the, the guys at Mason Cycles. Um, and then I've got to put all my, my kit in the bags and and then hope it all fits. Yo, 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 slow down. There is something else that you have to fix, buddy. That's the sound of playing on my tubeless tires. Josh sounds really tired, but I swear his pump is quite hard to push up and down. Tubeless needs to be pushed quite hard, though. Um, just put some fresh sealant in there because uh, obviously that's important. Um, so yeah, tires on. They're actually they're not brand new tires, but they're in really good condition. Um, so I'm just going to use those rather than. Uh, get new stuff for the sake of it. Yeah, put them back on the bike and then uh, almost good to go. The bike is missing. The bike is missing. Tell us about your bike. Ciao. This is the latest update on the bike. Um, so my bike is ready, I think. It's clean. Uh, everything fits just about. Um, and yeah, I think I'm almost ready to, to pack it into the bike bag ready to travel to Morocco tomorrow. So today it's um, it's Wednesday, the race starts on Saturday. So I'm traveling to Morocco tomorrow, which will be Thursday. So it's um, not quite last minute, but not far off. Uh, but I thought I'd give you a quick rundown of the bike and the gear I'll be using. Obviously I've talked you through my clothing already. Um, 
so yeah i'll get into a bit more detail about the the actual bike itself um sorry if you're not really into bike details but i might talk about sprockets and tire pressures um if i don't do that then someone will just ask me anyway so i've just learned to uh to get it out of the way um just save the questions later we like it no worries we like it and even if we didn't like it we love your voice so carry on so the bike is from mason cycles um so it's it's a in search of or iso for short and it's a steel frame bike handmade in italy and it's i guess it's a a long distance off-road tourer it's a drop bar uh i guess a drop bar mountain bike type thing it's not really a mountain bike it's not really a gravel bike but it sits in that kind of funny um you know the gap halfway through let's take 30 seconds talking about this awesome bike i'm talking about the mason in search of it is defined as the fast far continent crushing basically a bicycle that you can really have a long trip with apart from everything steel frame super sturdy really progressive with a lot of options the thing that actually astonished me is the possibility of having 29ers wheels with 2.5 inches tires or 650Bs with 2.8 inches wheels. I mean, you can really roll over everything with this dream machine. Basically, an adventure skin with a comfortable sole. <sighs> so this bike, I've used it for Tour Divide. Well, not this exact one. I've actually got an updated frame, but the previous version I had, I've used it to complete Tour Divide on. Uh, I used it when I won GB Duro, carrying you know, however many, eight days worth of food. So it's, it's kind of a rugged off-road touring bike, essentially. Um, so the setup is, is very similar to, to that um, that I uh, took on this year's Tour Divide. Um, I didn't finish that race, unfortunately, it got ill. But uh, it worked pretty well, so there's not many reasons to change it. Um, maybe a few little adjustments here and there, uh, but not, not too much. So I've actually decided to run a suspension fork. Um, it's heavier than a rigid, but it's, it's so much more comfortable. And I think comfort is probably equal to, if not more important than weight on these, these kind of trips. Bingo buddy, especially when you're carrying a lot of bags full of food. Um, especially the Atlas mountain race route, which is predominantly off-road, quite a lot of rocky tracks and dirt roads and you can just get fatigued by, you know, the the vibrations and the shocks through a, a rigid fork. Um, I found that in 2019 on the Tour Divide that when I was tired, you know, hitting hard bumps, you know, became more painful, became more tiring. So I've just started running a fork. So it's a SID SL Ultimate, 100 mil travel, and I've got a, a lockout on the top, um, no remote. It just complicates things with extra cables. So I've got a remote to lock it out on the road sections and the longer climbs, and new from the tour divide setup i've got a redshift suspension seat post Ooh, suspension seat post tech is getting there baby and that really takes the edge off so you can sit down and pedal easier on rough stuff a little bit more comfortable um and yeah it's comfort is the name of the game uh, n another new thing from the divide setup is the saddle uh, which is a, a brooks cambium uh, C15 with with kind of a cutout in the middle, which I've started using. I've I've had a, a Brooks saddle for years and years and years, um, 
but I think recently my body might have changed slightly. I've, I did a lot of kind of weights and core stability over winter, and I think it's adjusted the way, way I pedal. And my old saddle was becoming a slightly uncomfortable, and I switched to the Brooks. Um, again, slightly heavier than what I had before, but really comfortable. Um, and it looks cool as well, which obviously makes you go faster. So the gearing. Finally, the rumble in the jungle. I've got a bit of a hash on this bike, a bit of everything. Uh, I've got Shimano GRX DR2, DI2, not R2, DI2 shifters. Uh, so it's one by 11 speed. Um, but because this frame, it runs boost spacing on it, so the wider mountain bike standard, it means that I need to run a mountain bike chain set. I can't run the standard GRX chain set, um, which is more suited to gravel bikes. So I've got a Shimano XT chain set and I've got a 36 tooth chain ring on there. Um, wow, grown up gears. I kind of quite like a bigger chain ring just to sort of, sort of, it gives you a bit more top end um, on the flatter stuff. And I quite like, you know, climbing in that gear. It works for me. Uh, the cassette is 11 speed again, and it is, oh, I don't know what it is. It's got a big cog on the back, but not a massive one. 46, so it's 4611. Um, again, I just, it's slightly bigger than the standard GRX gearing. Um, and it, it just gives you an extra gear on the, you know, the, it's basically got a bailout gear on the real steep stuff. Um, I don't really find I need more than that. Generally, if I ran out of gears, with this setup, then you're walking anyway, so you might as well just get off and, and push. It makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Um, the only only complication with that is that you can't run the GRX rear mech um, with bigger than a 44. Uh, so I've had to run an 11-speed XTR DI2 rear mech, um, which thankfully works with the, DI2, uh, the GRX DI2 shifters. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of... Bit of a hash, but it works pretty well um, for my needs. Um, brakes, again, are XGR calipers running off the GRX shifters. Um, and I've got 160 mil rotors. And that, that gives me enough stopping power on the descents just to, you know, uh, slow down nice and quickly and not get too hot. Um, what else have we got? Uh, I suppose wheels, they're quite important. I mean, obviously I... Do a bit of work for hunt bike wheels and i've you know been with them since the very beginning um, and i'm lucky enough to have some very custom wheels um, so these are carbon mountain bike rims um, i've actually been running them for a while and uh, people like sofian sahili he's used them for the silk road and uh, tour divide uh, gail brown won um, the the women's highland trail 550 on them um, basically the wheels scoring at the high trail 550 tour divide and silk road monterey's good choice so they, they've done quite a lot they're basically a low profile wild, wide xc rim um by the time you listen to this actually they would have been officially released by hunt for a mountain bike wheel set there's a, a new kind of top end side brand from hunt called proven and these are the cross-country rims um so they've also raced like world cup cross-country races so they're nice and light, um, pretty strong, um, and do the job. Uh, I've got a Dynamo hub up front. It's a Son 28 Dynamo hub, and I'll, I'll come on to the lighting in a second. Um, but while we're on wheel chat, everyone's going to ask what tyres, because I don't know what everyone's obsession with tyres is, but everyone asks. So these are from Renners. They're Fleecer Ridge, 55mm, 
tyres, which I think is two inches. Um, Renaults, they, they roll really, really quick. They're really supple tyres. Um, and, you know, they're, they're good for long distance stuff. And pressure-wise, uh, well, I'm not too fussed about pressure, but I'll run about 30 in it. Probably pump it up to 30 before the start, and then I'll probably leave it at that. Um, pump it up, never give up. I think when I did divide in, in 19, I pumped up the tyres to 30 before I started, and I didn't touch them again until I finished. Um, maybe I should have put a bit more air in, but there we go. Uh, right, lighting. As I mentioned, I've got the Dynamo Hub. Uh, and I've, I'm running a K-Lite system, so that's the, the light and the USB charger. Um, now, again, I use this on Divide, really good. I run the, there's various different options for lights. I run the mountain bike version, which basically floods the trail with a, a whole load of light. Um, probably won't make you very popular on the road with cars, but off-road it is excellent. And I find when you're riding really late into the night, you can, um, it's, it's such a big wide beam that it's quite easy on your eyes because um, I found when you get a narrow focus beam, you really have to concentrate. And with tired eyes and a tired head, it doesn't, it doesn't go too well. Um, I've then got the USB charger um, on the side there. And from that, I can charge my Wahoo. I've got an old, well, I've got two actually with me. I've got two old Wahoo elements. Here, Paul, I need to shout my personal note. The Wahoo element original is my personal favorite big sturdy black industrial design with that incredible battery life nothing can go wrong with it i have to confess all the time that i'm going out for a long ride i never bring a different bike computer with me um it's a previous version i think i've had one since about seven, 2017 and one since 2019 but they just kind of work um so i'm sticking to what i know for the moment um, and I can also charge my phone. Um, I've got a, I've got a, um, like a cash battery in there as well, just in case, because I've, I've been caught out with, with broken dynamo wires before. Um, so yeah, hopefully that should cover all bases with navigation, lighting, and the bike should be pretty good. Now just packing is missing. What's your bag? Right, I've already told you about my, my kit, um, but I'll give you a quick rundown of, of how I'm, I'm carrying this stuff. So I'm, I'm supported by Tailfin, um, and they've, they've kind of started the business with the, the Tailfin um, uh, like rear pack. Uh, so it's a carbon arch, which fits onto most bikes, either through like a special axle, or you can bolt it directly onto the frame. Um, and then they're developing a range of uh, frame bags and top tube bags, and I've been lucky enough to be supported this year by them. And, uh, and that means custom fancy bags, which I'm very fortunate and grateful for. So the rear, um, the rear pack, it's a, it's a, a lightweight prototype. So um, they're, they're quite a technical brand. Um, so all the prototypes are made in Dynama, which is a really fancy, lightweight, really abras abrasion resistant fabric. Um, and they use white fabric, which kind of looks cool. Uh, most of my bags are filthy now though because I've used them well but they're still going strong it's like shoes they're sexier like this white collar filthy look so the rear pack is a it's kind of like a double roll bag imagine like a, a like a bar a bar bag the tra traditional bar bag with like a double-ended roll but kind of end on on the carbon um, tail fin arch at the back uh, so it's super lightweight quite minimal um, I'm trying to try trying to stay fairly lightweight for this because it is a relatively short 
um, short race in, in terms of long races, if that makes sense. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's just holding my sleeping gear and my rain jacket. So the rain jacket is the one I um, talked about before, the Albion one. And the sleeping gear, I mean, to be honest, I could probably pare it down and go super lightweight. But every time I do that, um, I just sleep really badly and get miserable. Um, and if you're miserable, then you end up riding slow and hating it. And that's not what it's about. Um, I think I've done too many of these now to, to just sleep in a bivy bag with nothing else. Um, maybe I've got older and softer, but I haven't quite figured it out yet. So I, I'm going with a well tried and tested um, sleeping setup. Uh, so I've used this on Tour Divide, GB Duro, loads of stuff. Uh, so it's my Outdoor Research Helium Bivy. So that's a hooped bivy. Just gives me a bit more space around my face um, and it's marginally more comfortable and civilised than just sleeping in a bivy bag. Um, and then I've got my custom PhD Designs sleeping bag, which is super lightweight, pretty warm for its uh, for its weight. And it's got like a foot zip so I can let my feet, um, you know, let, let my sort of feet breathe a bit because I don't like get really like getting really hot and sweaty in the bag. Um, yeah, and it's extra long because I'm also extra tall, so I can really sort of snuggle down into it. And then I've got a Thermarest three-quarter length sleeping pad. Uh, it's the Neo Air one, which is, um, I think it's pretty popular among bikepackers. Um, it's got like a foil baffle in it, so it keeps a bit of heat out. Um, you can get lighter ones now, but to be honest, I, I think that, that having a bit of insulation is key. Um, I think rest is really important on these things. And if you're not resting properly, then your performance gets affected. So that's the way to do it with the sleeping side, right? Stick on what you know on race day. Nothing to embarrass. So that's the kind of the tactic I use nowadays. On to the the frame pack, which again is a custom um, tailfin R and D division bag. Um, so this houses my day to day kit. So the like the insulated jacket. Um, the various layers, arm warmers, knee warmers, hats, that kind of thing. And it's got enough room, I can probably get some food in there. Um, I've got my tool kit in there. Um, I've got a spare inner tube in there and a second one just strapped to the the, the bike. Um, so yeah, it's again, well proven, works really well for me. Um, it's not overpacked, which I think is really important because quite often you can pack your bike at home, in your house, um and everything just fits perfectly and then you you get like three days into a race and everything's expanded and you just can't fit stuff in and then you start forcing zips and things like that and things break so i think it's always worth having a little bit of excess space when you're packing um there is a side pocket on the other side and that's where i, I house the uh the k-light usb charger a few cables i'll probably take my passport wallet um that kind of thing uh and then i've got another custom top tube pack um it's uh it's quite big it's like just again the same principles that i prefer to have more space than really push um push the space available um in actual fact on that theme i did actually i've got a set of v1 bags which are slightly smaller and originally i thought i would use those because um fast and light and all of that but then I've gone to pack everything in there and it does fit, but it's just a bit too tight for my liking. So I've gone for the bigger options. It's not going to weigh much more in the grand scheme of things. And yeah, hopefully it will be a bit smoother on the race. In addition to that, um, 
I've got a, because it's, it's quite hot in Morocco at the moment, gets up to 30 degrees in a day, can be relatively remote. So I've decided rather than try and just cram loads of bottles all over my bike, oh, which reminds me, I haven't actually packed any bottles yet. I, I should do that. Uh, I'm going to have two 800ml bottles in the, the two bottle cages on my, on my bike. And then I'm just going to run, um, got it here in front of me, uh, a little Camelback hydration vest. So this carries a litre and a half. So I should have about three litres of, of liquid with me. Um, and also the vest means I can, it's got a few pockets on the front, so I can just shove like food and stuff in there. Hydration, Camelback is the way to go. And the extra pocket for food, they're tasty. And I'm hoping that should see me through. Um, yeah, so I guess that is, is pretty much it for the, the bike setup um, and equipment. Uh, all that I need to do now is pack it into the bike bag, ready for the trip to, to Marrakesh tomorrow. So I guess the, uh, the next stage is, is travel. Fast forward and tomorrow becomes today. And then Josh is at the airport. <laughs> Sorry, slightly late with my morning update. Um, so it's quarter six, got up at half two, and just went to catch my flight to Marrakesh. So it should be there in about four and a half hours, and then, uh, yeah, get ready for the race. Not long left to go now. Joyful trips, Josh. And when we're gonna talk again, you're gonna be in... Marrakesh, uh, 17 degrees, a couple of cows around. This is the shorts, Josh's story from the Atlas Mountain Race, a production by the Broom Wagon Podcast. Voiceover by Stefano, aka Calamaro. Story by Josh Ibbett. Thanks a lot, Komoot, for the support, and thank you for listening to this podcast. If you want, feel free to share, subscribe, rate, do whatever you want on your podcast application. Talk to you later. <laughs>